0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91. This is our third week of a series uh, called Willpower. And we believe that the will of God, we believe that there is a God. Come on, someone say amen. Can I encourage you? Be like a winning team. You can be loud tonight, this morning, unlike the Boston Bruins. Mm. You can be loud today. We believe church is more enjoyable if we are loud. Can someone say amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Sunday fun day. This is the best day of the week. So I encourage you. It's okay to talk back. Some of you are like, I'm not comfortable with that. It's all right. Just nod your head. It's all right. Just say amen. Just say that's good. But we started a series. We believe that God is good, and we believe his plan is good. And when we follow God's plan, there is power for our lives. Willpower, the will of God, has power for our lives. And our theme verse for this series is in Psalm chapter 91. I'm going to start reading in verse 2, 2 to 4. If you don't have a Bible, you'll see it on the screen behind me. It says this, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. He will rescue you from every trap. He'll protect you from, every, from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and, for protection and protection. Isn't that good? Armor and protection. Last couple of weeks we've been talking about the will of God. Week one we talked about that God has an unbelievably, undeniably, more than you can imagine, good plan for your life. We also talked about that God's goodness is tied to His guidance. So many people want the good, but they don't want the God. They want the. Uh, I believe that you can't separate the creation from the Creator. You can't separate the will from God. You can't separate the guidance from the goodness. And we believe when you follow God, there is goodness. The Bible says, goodness will follow me all the days of my life. I want to let you know, take God has a good plan. But sometimes what happens is we want the goodness of God. We want the, we want the benefits. We want, we want the benefits, but we don't want the friendship. We don't want friends with benefits. We want just the benefits. And I want to you know that God is good and he has a plan, but it is tied to his guidance. Where he leads us is where the goodness is. Today, that's why we gather, not to do our religious duty. This is not checking a box going, went to church on a Sunday. I know sometimes you walk in here going, it's the right thing to do, or you come for your kids, and our kids' ministry is amazing. But we believe it's more than just a religious duty going, it's Sunday, time to go to church. We honestly believe that God is alive and he speaks. And we believe God can talk to you. We believe he's already said a whole bunch through his word, but he can talk to you about things in your life. He can talk about you about direction. He can help you with promotion and attitudes and and hurt and dreams. And God directs us, and where he guides us, we believe there is goodness. His goodness is tied to his guidance. Then last week, week two, we talked about God's a rescuing God. I'm going to let you know, but God is active in our journey. He's not distant, and he is not distracted. Someone needs to know that today. So I get distracted. People get distracted. God's not distracted. He, his eyes is on the prize, and his prize is us. He says he rescues us, and one way he does that is through worship. We read the story about two of, uh, of God's leaders in the church that were in prison. They were in the right place for doing the wrong thing. Sometimes we get in the wrong place for doing stupid things. We, we say the wrong thing. We make the wrong choices. But sometimes you can go through a rough patch for doing the right thing. Sometimes that happens, and these guys did the right thing in the wrong place. And It says they were bound up in chains and, and behind locked doors in a prison. And it says when they weren't feeling it, they started to worship God. This, this, this church plant thing that we're doing is a unique experience. Some days the worship sounds awesome, and other days like something's off. Sometimes the preaching's really good, and some days it's a little off. Some days things work, and sometimes they don't. And we say this, it's not perfect, but it's full of perfect moments. You know what's amazing? If you feel like worshiping God, you probably never will. Feelings make uh, horrible masters and great slaves. We believe that right choices lead to right emotions. I thank God for emotions, but I don't live my life by them. And these two disciples started to worship when they weren't feeling it. It wasn't a good time. It wasn't a great time. It wasn't a highlight time. But in the middle of their bondage and in their pain and in their prison, they started to worship God. And the Bible says their chains fell off. But not only their chains, but the chains of those around them. And we said last week, listen, worship not only frees you. I don't know what happens sometimes. I walk in here, and sometimes I got stuff on my mind. I got stuff that I'm bound up in, man, worry or stress or stuff or bills or health or different things. And all of a sudden, I'm going, no, no, I worship God, not what's good with me, but what's great with him. And I lift my hands, and I, sing, I raise my voice, and something starts to happen in my life. It's like chains come off of my life, insecurity, and lust, and pride, and greed, and attitudes, and laziness. And all of a sudden, I get free. But I also believe that when we worship, we can free others. The Bible says they started to worship, and their chains, not only their chains, but all the prisoners' chains came off. My friends, let me be clear today, if this is your first time or your latest time, we're not just a church in here for us. We believe we're a part of a church, a greater church in the city, but we're here to reach our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, our schools, our coffee shops, the music industry, the entertainment industry, the every business, every home, every street with the goodness of God. And we believe we can change the city. Is this thing on? I'm going to say this again. I believe we can change the city. See, some of you don't believe that, but that's what wakes me up and tucks me in. That's, that's better than cream in my coffee and sugar on my donuts. That's better than whatever's in Red Bull. It does something to me. That's why we push these carts and load this gear. We believe we can change the city. We're called to be thermostats, not thermometers. People walk into a place and they read the temperature, don't like it. Is this a cafeteria or an auditorium? I don't know. It's a cafetorium, all right? It's in between. I don't know if I like the music. I don't know if I like the preaching. Are those holes in his jeans? Can he afford that? No, that style. No, and, and, and we, have, we read the room. Listen, I, I read the room all the time. Do I like this coffee shop? Do I like this, this, this play? Do I like that song? But there's something bigger than just reading the temperature. I believe we can change the temperature. I walk into rooms all the time and just change the lighting. I was, I'm at a coffee shop in, in Bedford the other day, and it was, it was too bright. I went over to the room and started dimming the lights. I just do that. I, just, I change the temperature. If you're ever at our kids' director's home, McCliggins, it's always a little cold. I'll turn the temperature up. I'll turn, I go to the lobby and turn the music up. They turn it down, I turn it up. If I knew what those buttons did back there, I would touch them on Sunday morning. I would start moving le- Why? Because I like to change the atmosphere. I believe if I'm loud enough, I can change it. If I'm funny enough, I can get you laughing. We can change the room. I think if I hug you enough, I believe we can break down some walls. Why? Because we're not just thermometers. We're thermostats. And when we worship God, some of you aren't feeling God this morning, but someone next to you started to push in, and all of a sudden you started to feel some hope come in, maybe some joy. Some of you are new to this. You're, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand these songs. But you walked in here one way, you're going to walk out another. You walked in sad, you're going to leave glad. You walked in down, you're going to leave high on hope. You're going to walk in maybe feeling like you can't make it through the week and leave here going, I can take the world. I believe we can change the room. This is very good, by the way. I don't see a church, I see world changers. We can change every YouTube channel that we put a, uh, uh, we put a, a, a channel on. I believe we can change every concert we play. At. I believe we can change every coffee shop we open. I believe we can change every school we take over. We can change every home. That maybe your parents didn't raise you the right way. Maybe you came from a broken home, but now you started your own family. And you think, like, man, I didn't see this. My, my father never told me he loved me. I never had a comfortable home. I never had food on the table. But you can change the atmosphere that you're in, and your kids can have a better life than you had. Why? Because you don't read the room, you change it. I wasn't fired up, but I'm getting there. Changing the room. This is our final week of willpower. If you have your Bible, I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah chapter 35. I'm going to read a couple verses talking about the will of God. What does it look like to be in the will of God? Where is the power in his guidance? Isaiah chapter 35. I'm going to start reading in verse 4. Start in reading verse 4. You there? If you're there, say hey. If you're lying, say hey, hey. All the front row. Awesome. Lord, do what you can right now. Awesome. (laughs) Verse 4, say to those with fearful fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. I could stop there all day. What is this about Maritimers? I can say that because I is one. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid to get too big. We're afraid to do something. Can I encourage you? Wake some dreams in your life. We need some entrepreneurs in this place to step out and start businesses. We need some people to go into the music industry and and not bow to to compromise, but stand and be excellent. We need some people, you know, I'm gonna be the best mom, best dad, best teacher, best student. I believe. Fear. We can shake off fear. Planting this church, we had to shake off fear. People like, churches don't last. They don't make it. No, no, no. The Bible says... Those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. That's so good. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. Oh, he's a good God, but he's got some power. Destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you, not judge you, not hurt you, not bring up a scorecard where you've messed up, coming to save you. That's God's intention right there. Some of you don't come to church, you think God is angry. No, he's coming to save you. Verse 5, and when he comes, he'll open the eyes of the blind. Unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those that cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams of water in the wasteland. People say it can't happen. It can happen. Miracles. It can't happen there. You can't make it in that industry. You can't make it. You've never seen a healthy marriage. You can't make it in your marriage. No. Where things aren't supposed to happen, it can happen. That's what that verse is saying. Verse 7. The parched ground will become a pool. The springs of water will, salter, will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish and desert jackals, where desert jackals once lived. Verse 8, and a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It'll be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. The highway of holiness. This last message in this series on the willpower, the will of God. This title, just just write this down somewhere if you're taking notes. I encourage you to take notes. Sometimes you need to remember on Wednesday what you learned on Sunday. You need to go back to it. We have a podcast, but there's something about your notes. You retain it. Write this title down somewhere, The Highway. The Highway. Look at your neighbor and say, "It's it's a highway. Life is a highway. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you. That you are here. We thank you for those who showed up today. Father, we pray that your power is real. And God, we'd leave here better than we walked in. God, thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, everybody said. You ever, you ever make a wrong turn? Anybody bad at directions here? How many right now wives are nudging their husband right now? Where are my directionally challenged people in the room? Like you, could, you couldn't find, you just, you, you get lost in Micmac Mall. It's a square, but you can't find your way out. <laughs> so, some of you, like some people are like, I, I, I tried to get here last week i couldn 't find this building it 's a miracle last week, one of our team texts apparently, they found the place sometimes that 's why we put the directions on every form of social media over and over. Why Because people are bad with directions. You ever make a bad turn that went bad? you ever make a wrong turn, a shortcut that up ended up costing you a lot of money you ever, ever anybody ever get lost? I had a friend driving from Newfoundland home and he missed a turn off in Truro. And, his, and his, people in his car fell asleep, and they woke up in Monkton, and like, hey, why are we in Moncton? He's like, I'm just driving. He missed the turnoff and added three hours to his trip. Anybody ever make a wrong turn? i never forget a couple years ago, it was New Year's Eve. I was 21 years of age. I was working at a store, and why is that funny? What did I say there? Was it good? Did you take notes on it? Fantastic. I was 21. It was New Year's Eve. All right. And uh, I was driving a truck. And I was working for this company, and they said, would you drive a truck today? I didn't drive trucks. And listen, the truck driver called in sick. I need you to do deliveries for this grocery store. So I get in this truck on New Year's Eve, and I didn't know how to drive it. It had more gears, and I, I, I was not comfortable, and I was nervous. And, you know, going up the hills in Halifax with a standard full of gear, I was like, this is going to end badly. And I pulled up to a Brightwood Golf Club in Dartmouth. I've never been there since because of this story. And... <laughs> I pulled up there to do deliveries. I'm 21 and I'm nervous and I'm stressed. And I'm trying to be on time and the radio's going. We've added a delivery and the stress of that moment. And I never forget driving this truck, this delivery truck, and I'm getting in there and suspension and things are moving and shaking. And I pull up to this golf club and they have this driveway that comes up near the door where the service door is, and then if you're sitting there, they have this huge, nice, beautiful overhang to keep the rain off people, and they pull underneath, and so I pull up, I see the overhang, it's awesome, and I I park there, and I do my delivery, and I'm feeling good. I'm dropping off stuff and supplies. I'm signing invoices. I'm getting people to do things, and I'm thinking about the next thing, and it's New Year's Eve, and it's busy, and, and I come out, and I get back in the truck, and I'm looking at the next thing, and I'm on the radio, and I get distracted in that moment, and I forget where I parked the car, the truck, And I can't see the overhang in front of me. All I see is a clear path. And I started up this Hino truck, delivery truck, and I hit the gas. I was going at a fuel meant for violent diarrhea and rockets. And I hit the gas, and all of a sudden, it's like I hit this speed bump. The front wheels came off the ground. I was like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, it started raining something. I was like, what is that? Plastic started raining from the sky. I'm looking at the window, and I realized at that moment, I had made a wrong turn. I had forgot where I was, and I hit this overhang on this building. The, 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 the cooling on the part of the truck that kept the truck frozen, that demolished and, and obliterated, and plastic was, it was raining plastic everywhere. The building cracked right down the cinder block from top to bottom. It was like an earthquake. People came running out like a bomb went off. Chefs and cooks and waitresses and, and golf people and customers, and they all flooded around the front of the truck, and I'm just sitting there in the middle of this truck. Not funny. They actually (laughs) condemned the building. They shut down the front entrance. $50,000 damage to the building. $7,000 damage to the truck. And then the owner meets me there, and he's like, did you tell him your name? I'm like, no. He's like, because I'm not sure you're insured. I'm like, oh, God, help us now. And then he said, I need you to finish the run today. I'm like, I can't drive because you need to finish the run. I had to finish the rest of the day driving. I haven't been back to that place since. I won't golf there. I won't look at it. I won't drive up there because I took a wrong turn. I don't know if you've ever taken a wrong turn and gone down the wrong road or it added pain to your life. You know, it's interesting. Like faith, like life, faith is all about direction and navigation. You need to know that. You can be excited and you can be eager. And some of you have started your faith journey in this church and you're excited, man. I just, I want to know God and, and, and eagerness and passion are a part of it. But like life is a lot like faith, navigation and direction are key. Because you can do the right thing in the wrong direction and find yourself in a lot of trouble. Passion is not enough. That's why we need each other. That's why we need some navigation and direction. Here's the truth today. One of the truths you need to know is that direction determines destination. I know that's basic. But direction determines destination. That wherever you want to go starts with a choice of direction. At every intersection, you have a choice of direction. But when you make that choice, it determines your destination. I'm a big believer in dreams and vision, and I'm a big believer in in goals. And you want to know where you want to be as a family, as a couple, in your finances, in your health, in your church, in your relationships. You choose where you want to be, but then that you have to set the direction that matches your destination. The Bible talks about the highway of holiness in Isaiah 35, verse 8. He says this direction is actually called a highway of holiness. It's a highway. When they go low, we go high. It's a highway of holiness. it's reserved for those, if you read Scripture, that are right with God and that are righteous. And here's the thought about today. You can only be on this highway if you're holy. That's why it's called the highway of holiness. You can only be holy. Holy means you're right before God. You live the way God wants you to live. It means that you are pure in thought and deed. And here's my thought. Living holy, because you can only get on the highway if you're holy. Living holy isn't just hard. It isn't just difficult. It's actually impossible. impossible. Isn't that frustrating? Until you know the rest of the story. See, to live the way God wants us to live is impossible. The reason why people either go to church or don't go to church is because they think they're good enough to go to church, or they're not good enough, and they think, I can't line up to that. Or other people think, if I give enough, if I go enough, then I'm good enough. Listen, you're not good enough to be on the highway of holiness. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's impossible. And God knew that. But then it says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, Christ alone provides the way of holiness, having exchanged his perfect righteousness for our sin. Here's what they're saying. This highway of holiness, there's a toll that needs to be paid, and Jesus paid the price. We were just on the Cobbacut Pass the other night. We drove up and drove back the same day, and there's this passage. You can enjoy the highway, but you've got to pay a price to get on there. Here's the thing. You can't pay it. You can't earn it. You're not good enough to be in God's plan. But Jesus said, hold up. They can't make it, but I can do it for them. And he pays the price. He opens the gate and says, there you go. God's plan is good, it's powerful, and I've paid the way. And then his Holy Spirit gives us power to live that way. My friends, if this was on willpower, that's why that, that this, this series is a little misleading. Thing. Oh, it's willpower. Willpower is nothing compared to God power. Amen. Amen. My willpower is weak. I'll eat those Doritos at 10 o'clock at night. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'll say the wrong thing. I'll do the wrong thing. I'll think the wrong thing. Listen, it's not hard to live holy. It's impossible. Outside of God's power and his acceptance. I want to let you know today that on this highway, God says there is other roads besides the highway of holiness. Scripture talks about because direction determines destination. I want to challenge you today, what's your direction in life? You made it here today. I'm so glad you're here, but in your life, in your faith, what direction are you going? Cuz what you decide today will be your destiny tomorrow. People always wake up on their deathbed, and those that have a chance to reflect before, and they go, has my life mattered? Did I, listen, your destiny starts with a daily decision. Daily decisions determine destiny. There's obviously some other roads besides the highway of holiness. Some options are obviously wrong. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15. I think we have that. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15. Some roads are obviously wrong. It says, don't do as the wicked do. What that's saying is wrong way. You ever see that sign? Anybody ever driven down a wrong way road? In Halifax? Okay, just me. Awesome. Don't do as the wicked do. It's saying, stop. Don't go down this road. It's obvious this is a wrong road. And don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. Some roads are obvious. Some roads are obviously the wrong way. To step out on that relationship, to, to, to do something wrong at, this way at work, to say that some things are obviously wrong. Some paths, there's a the highway of holiness and there's the, there's the obvious paths that you know is going to mess up your life. Messed up your community. Other ways aren't so easy to know. It says this in Proverbs 14, 12. Some aren't as easy to see. It says there's a path before each person that seems right. This might be a good road. This might be a good path. This this actually looks like it works. But in the end, it's death. You know, some places look good, but they end in the wrong place. Something's in the moment, looks like I deserve this break, but you know, it's, it's gonna end in a bad situation. You know what, this is actually gonna be like the, the comfort that I need on this path, but you're gonna find yourself in a whole bunch of trouble. The highway of holiness, here's a thought today. It's right, but it ain't easy. You need to know that today. The highway of holiness is right, but it ain't easy. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says this. Here's the thing with the highway of holiness. Three observations you need to know. Number one is that right ain't easy. Right ain't easy. The highway of holiness is right, but it's not easy. Some of you that are grammatically correct, that bothers you at that point. Right ain't easy. But I feel like I'm tougher when I say it like that. I feel like I get some street cred. Right ain't easy. Like the spry field in me rises up when I say that. I was born in Spryfield. I was raised in Sackville. You gotta talk this way sometimes. I feel tougher when I talk this way, but there's something about this. Sometimes right ain't easy. People think Christianity is easy. It's not easy. If you're looking for an easy faith, go find another one. This is not easy, but it's right. People think it's easy. Oh man, you just, no, no, you try to live this way. Isn't it amazing? People that don't follow Jesus, when you mess up, they let you know. I didn't think Christians talked that way. I didn't think Christians did that. Oh, so you know what we're supposed, why? Because right ain't easy. People think religion is a crutch for the weak. No, no, no. I didn't need a crutch. I wasn't injured. I needed a body bag. I was dead in my sin and my shame. God didn't fix me. He raised me. But listen, right ain't easy. Some of you need to know this. You're having a moment in a service where you're lifting your hands and believing miracles and you're, you start to awake and go, there's a God. He has a plan for my life. You need to know right off the bat that right ain't easy. The best things in life are usually the most difficult. Having a good marriage is difficult. It takes work. Raising your kids right is difficult. Setting a budget is difficult. Physical health is difficult. Right ain't easy. You need to know the highway of holiness is right, but it's not easy. God provides a way. Some ways are obvious and roads are obviously wrong. Other ways are not so much. Matthew 7 talks about how right ain't easy. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. It's a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. It's easy. It's a gate wide for many who choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. My friend, I want to let you know today that the highway of holiness, with God's power, His provision, His protection, it's right, but it's not easy. There are things in this Bible that I wish weren't there. Is that okay to say as a preacher? Is that too honest? Cafetorium, can I say that in a cafetorium? I, I wish there's things that weren't in here. There are some things in there that make me uncomfortable. Am I the only one? Read the whole the Old Testament. They're getting circumcised. There's stuff going on there. It's uncomfortable to read that. There are some standards in there I don't like. I, if it was me, and people come up to me and go, I struggle with this, and I believe this, and I want to do this. If it wasn't me, I'd say, listen, you do you, I'll do me. Listen, this don't hurt anybody, but you just, if, you just go live your life. But this is what my conviction is. But the Bible says... That there is a right way, but it's not easy. And here's what I've learned. If I base my life not on trends, but on truth. If I base my, the word of my life on the word of God, not the word of my neighbor or my friends. If I base it on what's in this, not what's on social media, I find that there is, a, there is a blessing in the wrestling of my life. That there is a power in God's will. I want to let you know today that there is power in the presence and in the plan of God. There is today. You choose the road not on convenience, but on direction. Let me say that again. You choose the direction of your life. You choose a road, on its con- not on its convenience, but its direction. When I was growing up, the Valley had a reputation, that highway, of being the most dead- one of the deadliest in Canada. Some of you grew up knowing that. They've twinned it, done a beautiful job, they needed to do more, but when I was growing up, you'd see statistics, you see News Channel, Steve Murphy, and before him, I think it was Dave Wright, and Knowlton Nash, and whoever else, they, once in a while come up, now, this is a deadly highway. We'd have people that you'd lost, friends that you'd lost in car accidents or you knew of the story and horrific stories and some of you maybe even been affected by that. That highway between here and Windsor and the valley was known as being deadly. Traffic on traffic and people passing and road conditions, deadly. Some of you in this church live in the valley. You commute here every Sunday when you're in town. You know the reputation of that highway. But you know what's amazing is we still drove it. Why? Because the valley is stunning. You go there with the apple blossoms. If you're not from Halifax, you need to go to the valley, not in the winter, but you can ski there in the winter. But in the spring, and all of a sudden, then in the fall time, when we go to Henneker's, and we go to Noggins, and we pick apples, and there's pumpkins, and there's mazes. And it's, just, it's like a, you detox from the city, and it's this beautiful moment. We chose the highway, not on its comfort, but its destination. Because where we wanted to go was not comfortable, it didn't stop us from getting on that road. My friends, you choose your life path, not on its comfort, but its direction and its destination. We wanted to go pick apples, we've been doing it for 18 years of our marriage, and we cut down a Christmas tree for many years in the valley at Wheaton's, come on somebody. And and, you know what's interesting, I wasn't like, Nancy, we want a Christmas tree, but you know what, let's take the highway to the airport. It's twinned. It's, there's, there's a lot of room. I prefer that highway. It's, it's better paved. There's less traffic. Let's go towards the airport. Why? Because that wasn't our destination. You choose your direction, not on convenience, but on destination. I want to encourage you today. The highway of holiness is not easy. The plan of God is not easy, but it's right. Our destination determines our direction. Can someone say amen? Second point, I have three observations from the highway of holiness. The first one is right ain't easy. The second one is this. The highway is actually the safe way. The highway is, well, I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying it's dangerous. You're saying it's risky. You're saying it's not easy. Yeah, now. But it's actually the safe way. The highway is the safe way. Isaiah 35, 4 says, He is coming to save us. God is coming to save us. That's why the highway is so good of holiness, of God's plan. It's actually the safe way. Make no mistake, God has power to save. Somebody to hear that today. Religion's not weak. This faith is not weak. God has power to save. As the poet Kanye says, don't mistake his kindness for weakness. People see at church, oh, they're so nice. They smile. Look at the flags they have outside. They're so beautiful. That coffee shop, wow. Look, that that preacher's wife, she smiles. They mistake sometimes the kindness of God for weakness. Oh, they're just a nice people. Just nice. They'll give you coffee. They'll give you a mug if you fill out a card. Just so nice. My friends, don't mistake God's goodness and his kindness for weakness. Oh, he's not weak. It's power to save. I don't get time to tell you all my story. I grew up in a great home, but I don't have time to tell you the stories of my mother battling through depression and suicidal thoughts. My father battling alcohol and being an alcoholic and at the age of four months, my mother gave up and said, that's it, I'm ending my life in in a, in a small house in Spryfield, put pills at the table and thought about killing my sister who was five and me at four months of age and sat down and goes, I can't do this anymore. I love my kids, but I don't love life. And sat down to take out my sister, take out my life, and take out her own. But God stepped in and saved us. My friend a neighbor knocked on the door and invited them to a church and said, hey, would you come and have some coffee and sing and hear about a God that don't mistake his kindness for weakness? Listen, just because God is kind, he is not weak. Don't mistake niceness for no power. Listen, his kindness is towards us, but there is power to save us. And you got to know the stories today. Don't mistake his kindness for weakness. His power. God heals our body. I, got to, I can tell you, why do people don't get healed? I don't know, but I know God gives power to heal. God's healed my body. He's healed some people in this room. God can heal. We believe God heals. He made us. He can fix us. We believe that's why we pray in church. Why? Because God has power today. Power to heal our body. Power to restore relationships. I see it all the time. We're no counselor, and we believe in counselors, but no, no mediation can fix, but God can step in and soften hearts and restore things. There's power to restore. There's, he gives favor and influence. I believe the church should be the most influential community in any city. I believe we should be in every area of community. We should be in every restaurant. We should be in every music festival. We should be in every business. We should be in every school and influencing to make it better. Not being judgmental, but leave every building we walk into better. I believe there's power for influence. I believe there will be politicians a part of our church, entrepreneurs a part of our church, there will be music, musicians a part of our church, there will be business leaders and teachers and moms and dads and students. Why? Because we believe there's power to influence. God wants to use us to reach a city. You can't do that hidden. With fear, I believe God wants influence. You know, I want to let you know. We won an award the other night. I wasn't going to say this. As a church, this, all these churches got together and they gave us some awards and one was the fastest, uh, the, the biggest church launch in the history of Eastern Canada and they, they gave it to us and they started bragging on you, bragging on you. We got this award. I'm sitting there going, you know what I do with that award? I taped it to one of our boxes out back that we push, every, the heaviest box I could find, I taped it to it this morning. Why? Because where we work the hardest is where I want to see God's goodness. But I want to let you know today, God has power and influence. We believe we can reach a city we believe our building, as we go back, won't be big enough. We believe multiple campuses and services. Why? To build fame for ourselves? No. But we believe God has power to influence because people can experience God's presence. It frees them. They, they can free their city and their families. We believe there's, he provides for our needs. There's power. I believe when you give to God, if you look after his house, he'll look after your house. People say church wants your money. We don't want your money. God wants your heart. And I understand God has, has my life, and there's no pressure to give in this church. At all. But I believe that God is powerful enough to look after my needs. If I build his house, he'll look after my house. I believe that. I believe there's power in God to look after my needs and my health and my marriage and my kids and my future and to erase my past and to give me a better dream for tomorrow. There's power. Don't mistake his kindness for weakness. My third point today on the highway of holiness observation is this. The highway is a party. How many like parties in this place? rest of you? boring liars. All right. Isaiah 35, 10 says this. It says, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they'll be filled with joy and gladness. My friends, I want you to know this today. The will of God is enjoyable. Some of you are like, man, they just, they're really happy. They're loud in here. There's earplugs at the door. Why? Because this is a party. If you're wondering what to experience here, it's a party. It's a hospital for the hurting, and it's a party for those that have found help. If you're wondering, you're in one of two camps today. If you came here hurting, you're in the right place. You're like, my life's in pain. I'm in a mess. I don't know if I believe in God. I got stuff going on. This is a hospital for the hurting. And some days I walk in here, and I'm hurting. I need a hospital. But other days I walk in here, and I think what God's done, I want to celebrate. The will of God is enjoyable. If the will of God wasn't enjoyable, that makes God cruel. And God's not cruel. He's just, but he's not cruel. The will of God is enjoyable. I believe it's possible for our kids to enjoy church. My kids love coming to church. Can I come load the truck? Come load the truck. Can I go early? Come early. Can I stay late? Can I stay late? My kids love being here. Are they church kids that just love church? No, but they know where there's a party. My daughter is ready to dance in a moment's notice. If you want to yodel or put top 10 music on, she's going to dance. Why? I believe the church should be a party. I believe the will of God should be enjoyable. The highway of holiness is a party. The highway's a party. Life is a highway. Let's party all night long, as Tom Cochran would say. Can I encourage you? You can enjoy your faith. I' like, just, just trying to live for God. Whew. Man, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough friends. People don't reach me enough. I'm not sure if people are friendly. Lighten up. You want to have friends? Smile a little bit. I wish I hung out with those people. Invite some people to your house. Man, just living for God's tough. It's just tough. It ain't easy, but it's a party. My friends, I didn't start a church. We, my, my wife and our team didn't start a church to be miserable. Life is tough, but God is good. That's why we sing loud. That's why we practice. That's why we turn the lights down and we turn the bright lights up. That's why we over-caffeinate our coffee. Come on, somebody. That's why our fridge backstage has Red Bull in it. That's why, that's why we, I want to have canyons of confetti in here. Why? Because it's a party. We need to celebrate God's goodness. And people think church is boring, and they think it's dead, and they think it's where you go when you can't make it through life, and they think it's the worst thing. And you, listen, this is not a funeral. It's a celebration. My sins died, but my future got right, got risen today. There's power in living God's will. There's power in living God's will. Destiny starts with daily direction. That's why we read this. Not to check off a box, but understand that what I direct myself daily determines my destination and eventually my destiny. How you'll be remembered decades from now starts with your decision each day. Why I follow God's highway? Why I choose the wrong way? Why I do what I seem right? It feels good, but it's going to end in trouble? Or do I choose the highway of holiness? I want to challenge you today. Go after God's your life. There's power in it. There's protection in it. It ain't easy. But God has a plan for your life. Can I encourage you today. Forgive somebody that needs to be forgiven. Yeah, you don't know what they did. They walked in when I was a kid and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but what she said to me, they didn't invite me over too. I know. Forgiveness isn't about saying someone's right, it's choosing your future over their past. Forgiveness is the gift you give yourself. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting everybody else to die. The highway of holiness, forgive somebody today. You want to you take home homework? Forgive somebody. That's how you know you're on the highway of holiness. It's not easy to forgive. No, but it's right. But they... Because of them, I went bankrupt. Because of them, they slandered my name. I walk into rooms and it's awkward. And I know people have been talking about me. I know, forgive them anyway. Don't let their bad decision in the past affect your good decision in the future. Forgive somebody. Make decisions on this truth, not culture's trends. Well, I think I don't think that's relevant for today. I don't know. We need to adjust. We need to be more, we more relevant. I think we don't need to do that. Listen, trends come and go, but if you make The highway of holiness is based on truth, not trends. How else do you get on the highway of holiness? Aim forward, not back. If you ever look more in the rearview mirror when you're driving, you're going to get an accident. My first accident. I was 16. I had my license for two days. No one's ever going to let me drive their car ever again after this sermon. My parents had a jeep. Two weeks. I was coming from ball hockey and I was looking at my mirrors so much, and I was looking at a car behind me in my rear view mirror, I failed to see the brake lights on the car in front of me. I put his bumper into his back seat. His Toyota Tercel got a brand new car because of me. When you focus so much on what's in the rear of your mirror and the past of your life, you'll never aim forward. First thing they tell you when driving is, don't look at the hood, look up the road. Because if you look in front of the hood, you'll go off. But if you look down the road, you'll see where you wanna go. Can I encourage you, some of you looking back, go man, remember 20 years ago, that huge win? Remember when God moved in our city 20 years ago? We're thankful, but we look forward. Remember when they walked out in that pain in my life? No, let's God deal with it, but look forward. You wanna be on the highway of holiness? It's always forward. The Bible says, I press on. Yes. My friend, my 30s were brilliant. They were brilliant. I had my kids, me, me and my wife saw ministry, we saw some adventures. Can I tell you, I'm looking forward. I'll be 43 in a few weeks. I've never been more excited for a decade of my life. Why? I'm pressing on. Can I encourage you, some of you, don't look back to last week. Look forward today. Last week was a mess. No, but tomorrow's Monday. Monday, fun day. God's got a plan for your life. It, it's right. It ain't easy, but it's right. It's a party, it's a safe way. Press on. Don't look back. Last thing I want to encourage you today, before we pray, on the Highway of the Holiness, is empty yourself, give more than you get. That's not popular in culture. Well, what's in it for me? I don't enjoy that church. I don't enjoy that business. I don't enjoy that friendship. Give more than you get. If you empty yourself, he will fill you. That's why this dream team that we have that pull this off every week amaze me. I I don't do anything. I can't work tech. They don't let me near those buttons. I don't have a voice. I sing a mixture of country and rap. It's called crap, you know. (laughs) If you laugh because you're new. The rest of them are like, oh, God, got you. Do you know all I do here is say thank you. I walk the hallways and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because people are emptying themselves every single Sunday, not asking what's in it for me. Do I get paid to do this? No, there's no budget for it. But get what? No, no. The seats, I know, they're not comfortable. Is this a cafeteria? Stop asking! No one befriends me. I know, it's, we're, sometimes it's not easy. But we have people that empty themselves and said, I will give more than I get. And those are the people I surround myself with. People like Ian that work his way up in his business, he's expectant father. His wife's been sick for a few months, she's coming around, Nelly's coming around. In the middle of that, he's like, I'll be at worship practice, I'll lead. I'll go through technical difficulties and things. Is this a cafeteria? Stop asking if it's a cafeteria. I don't know if the acoustics are good. And he pours himself out, he gives more than he gets. About Melissa, who does all our financing, and sings like an angel, we call her Pipes, because she can sing and she's strong. She carries a lot of weight around here. Drives 45 minutes to Truro every single day and back. She lives in Truro. She gives, I I don't give her gas money, we don't pay her. She works seven, eight nights a week on Nova. She gives more than she gets. What about June? Pouring herself out every single week. What about Brad on production? I don't know if he sleeps. He's only 21 years of age, but he looks like (laughs) no. People on the door, you don't know what they're going through with their health and their marriages and their finances. But we walk in here and they pour out more than they get. That's the highway of holiness. I'm determined to die empty of potential. He could have been. They should have been. One day he was called to die going. He's exhausted. He is wrung out empty. That's the highway of holiness. Jesus came and gave it all so we could die to our sin but live in the highway of holiness all over this place can you stand to your feet today as we get ready to close I've gone over my time if you can just close your eyes all over this place and bow your head for a moment first thing I want to ask you is let God speak to your heart where are you getting off the highway of holiness where are you in a ditch maybe it's unforgiveness maybe it's lust maybe it's offense maybe it's something else in your life let God speak to you the others today, I'm gonna to ask you in a moment, I'm count of three in a moment, some of you to raise your hand. You're like, Mike, I don't know God. I'm not even on this highway of holiness. I'm not in God's will. I've been doing the best I can with my life, my degree, my lack of degree, my education, my business. I'm just trying to get through life and I'm doing it on my own, but I, I, I want God's plan for my life. It's as simple as letting Jesus open the gate, pay the toll, go, come on. It's saying, I believe in Jesus, that he, he died for my sin and my forgiveness and, and I wanna start this highway. It's not joining a church but it's starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. Going, Jesus, will you lead me? Because his goodness is tied to his guidance. If you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me that I can start a relationship in my faith. On I count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. If that's you, one. It's not everybody, but it's somebody. Today we're going to pray for you. That's it. i just going to pray all together. But believe a miracle will happen. And you can start the highway of holiness. It ain't easy, but it's a party. It's right. It ends in the safety of God's will and God's destiny. Two, if you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me all over this place. Three, just raise your hand up real high, put it right back down. You say, Mike, pray for me today. I want to start my faith. Someone? Yeah, thank you. You can put that hand down. Someone else? i wait one more moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. One more time. Right up. Perfect. Put your hand up. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you for these people that put their hand up today. God, I bless them. Father, I thank you that you are good, even when we're not God, you're faithful, even when we're not. God, you're powerful, even when we're weak. And today, we trust you. Lord Jesus, come into our life. We confess in our mouth that you are God, and we believe in our heart that your way is the right way. God, I pray today a miracle would happen as we surrender our life, surrender our will, surrender our way, our our judgments, our past, that, God, you'll come in and direct us. And there's power in your will. Father, forgive us for our sin. Come into our life, in Jesus' name, and everybody said,